Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition. It's Rosie on the House. Let's get her going here this morning. On a very beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. It was actually chilly. I had uh, That was delicious. I had goosebumps. Oh man. A little chill up the back of my spine walking out to the truck this morning. Delicious. Here it comes. Fall. Favorite time of year. Absolutely. And we've got a fall guest into in the studio this morning. We'll get to in a moment. And it was uh 132 years ago this month that uh, an incident, you know, Arizona has its own version of the, it's called the uh, Tukes, Grams and Tewksbury. It's kind of our Hatfield and McCoy of our That's local right. area in the Pleasant Valley War. It was a hun- this September, 132 years ago, that uh, Andy made his last mistake. Andy Belvin, one of the Graham supporters, when he led an ambush against the Tewksbury, killing John Tewksbury, that led to a warrant for his arrest. The local sheriff at the time, Commodore Perry Owens, then set out after him. And we'll have a little bit more about what happened at that event during this broadcast as we focus on the White Mountain Pine Top area, our featured staycation destination of the month. It's not nearly quite as uh, rough as it was back in the Graham and Tewksbury days. For example, this afternoon, if uh, you were just so inclined, you could go to the adult coloring class from 3 to 4.30 at the Pine Top it's a Lakeside thing, you know. Library. It's a big thing right now. Coloring books. I, I kind of get it. I like the okay. color. Okay. If you're a flute player, you can head Do over you to color. <laughs> the senior citizens or the senior citizens <laughs> color. We're going to get <laughs> we're going to get to an adult artist here in a moment adult. that that play uh. that paints on grass. It's going to be a lot more fun yeah. to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a the That's native true. flute circle over in Sholo. If you want to go learn how to play native Indian flute, or you can head over in Sholo again to the Mountain Meadows Park for Crawtoberfest. Going on today, Bobby's up there cooking about a thousand pounds of crawfish. And you could go up, it starts at 11, get your crawfish, and be back in time for the seven o'clock kickoff at ASU. <laughs> and we've got the, a special guest in who has done a very phenomenal job on the ASU end zone. We've got manager of athletic grounds, Brian Johnson, and tell me about this topographical theme y'all put together for the game today. Well, it's uh, we, we like to be creative with our end zones, and uh, this was probably the, uh, the, the most out there design that we've done. And uh, it all started with our first game. We were just walking along the edge of the field, and we saw some squiggly lines on the scoreboard, you know, behind the graphics. And we thought, hey, what if we painted a topographical map in the end zone? Uh, not really thinking that it would get approved, but they did. Everybody seemed to like the design. And then uh, my assistant, Josh Lenz, he uh, uh, mapped everything out and made a nice uh, computer printout of it, and it got approved. And uh, two weeks later, it's on the grass, and we've had a lot of positive uh, response from that. And what is the topography of? What? It's, a, it's, it's of the two buttes on each side of the mountain, uh, on each side of the stadium. So A Mountain and then the butte on the other side. So um, I've always had kind of a soft spot for the buttes and the setting that that creates for the stadium. Uh, you know, you drive to work every day and you see that stadium kind of nestled between the two mountains. And 
Uh, it's in our fight song, Echo from the Buttes. So um, it's something that I thought would be really cool. A lot of the ASU fans really take pride in A Mountain and the Buttes, and uh, now they'll see the uh, topography of those on the field tonight. So when your assistant mapped it out and you said on a computer program, how does that translate to the physically getting on the field do, do you print out big sheets and it's like a stencil or well well normally we would run strings and tape measures but in this instance we had our end zone letters already out on the field so this topography map is kind of just overlaid on top of our end zone letters so we were able to use those letters as a guide just looking at this paper and see okay this uh, part of a mountain here squiggles through the a and comes through the s right here you know things like that so it really, uh, it really didn't take as long as I was envisioning. It, it, it went pretty quickly. You can see a picture of this on Brian's Twitter page. It's Bermuda 419S. What is that? Well, uh, four, uh, 419 is the, the variety of Bermuda grass that we have on the field at the stadium. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very common Bermuda grass on football fields. So Bermuda. It's a Bermuda grass and, 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 and 419, yeah, at Bermuda 419's uh, shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> and you've climbed up to the top of a mountain and posted a picture of the north end zone, and it was it, just over here on the left-hand side in the northwest corner where I was sitting in the stadium last when early Doucette caught the pass from Jamarcus Russell to beat ASU in a comeback win when the game got moved from LSU Stadium to ASU because of Katrina. It, yeah, that that was a very that was a very interesting time. I, I remember watching the news coverage on a weekend before that game about Katrina and just feeling uh, awful for what was happening down there. I really at that point didn't think of the possibility of a game getting switched, and then uh, you know all of a sudden a game got moved. And when you were planning on having a nice off weekend, now we're hosting a game. It, it uh, sometimes you have to scramble. What kind of overtime hours did it take getting the field ready for that game on a short notice? It, it, it required quite a bit, and we did some special painting for that game also. We, we painted uh, uh, a state of Louisiana and Arizona in each end zone, and I believe we painted something like Together We Stand in the end zones instead of a normal ASU, uh, ASU end zone. So it was, a, it was an interesting game. Um, you know, everybody felt good about hosting the game and moving it. Uh, everybody was so thankful from LSU that we did that. And I think the ASU fans had a little uh, empathy for what they were going through at the time. So uh, it, was a, it was a very interesting game. Now, Brian, when you come up with this idea, like now it's the topographic map in the end zone, does that stay for the year or do you change every game? No, it, it we repaint every game with uh like after the game tonight we'll stay till I think we're going to probably stay till four in the morning and we'll kind of give the field a mini scalp and and put rye seed out on the field and and that mowing cuts a lot of that paint off and then during the week between irrigation and we're we're mowing seven days a week right now so it doesn't take too long for that to disappear. Uh, you know, by the next game, that'll be completely gone, and we'll uh, we'll just go back to our normal end zone. How big is the brainstorming committee that thinks up what's going to be the next theme? Well, uh, my assistant Josh is very creative. He uh, he was actually going into art, I believe, when he was in school in Iowa State, and. Uh, 
really brings that artistic flair to the groundskeeping profession. And, and, and so, like I say, we were just walking down the field and saw some squiggly lines on the scoreboard. And uh, five minutes later, he's got a, you know, a topographical map out and starts drawing things up. And, and, uh, and, and so it was kind of the two of us that were kind of running with it and looking with the different options that he had drawn up. And then we just presented that uh, to the higher-ups in the athletic department, and they thought it was a great idea. And, and that's, I, I feel really fortunate that they're uh, giving us a little creativity. Is the field right now at this minute ready for the game tonight, or do you have to run over there? And touch it up real quick. No, it's all ready. Uh, we, we finished our painting yesterday. The ASU had a little walkthrough practice afterwards, and they were pretty careful with everything. So there's nothing to touch up. It's uh, ready to go. How often do you have to rechalk the the yardage lines? Every every game. Uh, you know, we do that on Thursday. Uh, we paint two coats on the lines on Thursday, and we paint the press lines. And then uh, Friday, that leaves everything else. We started at 6 in the morning yesterday, and we finished around 1 o'clock. And that's both full background end zones, the center field logo, and all the other logos on the field. How long did it take you to get approved? Uh, not too quick. I mean, it was pretty quick, and it didn't take too long. Uh, I think Josh presented that to them, and then maybe three or four days later got the word back uh, that that topographical map end zone was approved and and we have another uh couple in the works for later in the year we have a really special design for our usc game on november 9th but i i, I can't tell you what that <laughs> is right keep now. it secret <laughs> keep, it, huh? keep it secret yeah it's just hard to be creative on a deadline i was just, that's what i was thinking about just being in this industry you know there's times where you just you just blank you can't come up with something yeah you know uh, we we watch football games and we're just kind of sitting around and and in some slow times just thinking of different things you know there's only so much you can do on a football field you know you you can't uh you know you just can't go crazy out there there's only so much you can do but uh we kind of look for those little areas where we can show our creativity, and, and fortunately they uh, prove it pretty quickly and let us do some creative things. Now, you're going to stay with us through the 8 o'clock hour, and we're going to let people ask questions about turf management. But this hour, we're going to just stick to football and how painting the end zone of the Sun Devil Stadium, i got to ask one question, is that a full-time job? It's a full-time job. Yeah, there's, there's sometimes I'm there's, come on. There, there's times come on. in the uh, spring when it's uh, like March and it's 80 degrees and I'm mowing the grass in my flip-flops and I kind of say they they pay me to do this. Yeah. I feel really bad when he said he's going to be up till four mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning right. repairing the field. I'm like, I really I really feel bad coming down here at seven o'clock in the morning. You're gonna have a. Are you gonna get a nap at least before the game time? I, I am. I, when I leave here, I'm gonna go right to the stadium, and I, I do have a nice, comfortable couch in my office. I'm gonna get a few uh, a few hours sleep, and then uh, you know, in this profession, we work crazy hours. We work holidays. We work weekends, and and so uh, I guess I'm just really used to the uh, the long hours. You must really hate pivotal games that the Sun Devils win where the fans storm the field. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I do. That's uh, that, that's that's turf abuse. That, that that's one of the worst things. Yeah, I, uh, you know, there's actually been a couple times in my career where the game's really close, and I know if we pull it out, they're probably going to run on the field. And I'm thinking, do I really want us to win this game? Or uh, uh, I always root for us to win, uh, and we'll deal with the the field abuse later. But uh, yeah. Brian Johnson, manager of that. Athletic Grounds at ASU. Cruise it through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. True or false for a pair of passes to the Arizona State Parks? A1 Lake was named by Henderson William Brand, the inventor of A1 Steak Sauce, who retired to Pine Top Lakeside. I think that's true. 411 to 923 or false. 411923. And we've got so many, we've got enough passes to give away. Anyone that gets the right answer will get passes this week as we cruise through the rest of our passes that are good through the end of this year before we get our 2020 passes. Those are good for any of Arizona's 35 state parks, including the two lakeside, uh, lake state parks that are in the White Mountains, Hollow Lake and Sholo and Lyman Lake near St. John's. We're in the middle of a conversation. With the, uh, I'm trying to remember what, uh, Turf Maestro? Is that, <laughs> it seems like you've got a, a lot of nicknames. Lowly Groundskeeper, Turf Maestro. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brian. <laughs> Brian Johnson, the athletic field director for ASU. He's got an incredible uh, end zone painted up with top- topographical image of the buttes that encompass the ASU stadium. And I, I just got to know how, how, you haven't had to pay to watch a college football game in 30 years. How did you land that job? <laughs> well, you know, it's something that I always wanted to do. I went to college back in Minnesota, and I came down here and did an internship at ASU working in their athletic fields. And when that ended, they had a full-time job open up at the baseball stadium. So I kind of walked right into my first job, but I, I knew so little back then compared to what I know now. I was kind of a, a, a novice at the time and and uh, did a lot of trial and error things that I you know took me a while to kind of get in my groove and figure out uh, what I needed to do to keep the fields good but uh, so uh, you know I, I had volunteered 480 hours not that I'm counting for uh, <laughs> for, for ASU during that internship so uh, um, it, it all worked out it's 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 I, I can't imagine doing anything else it's it's been a lot of fun so you've been taking care of the ASU Stadium for 30 years? 30, 34, uh, not that I'm counting, but wow. uh, yeah, 30. And, and so I was at the baseball stadium for 12 years and uh, then uh, moved up to Sun Devil Stadium and uh, and then actually got put in charge of all the fields a few years after taking care of Sun Devil Stadium. So, uh, And looking through some of your posts, it looks like, do you take care of the practice fields up in the Flagstaff? Yeah, up in uh, Camp Tonazona, just east of Payson. Um, okay. And uh, we just put in a new artificial field up there, which uh, has been such a blessing for me because that, <laughs> that grass field up there, I kind of relied a lot on the uh, caretakers that live up there to do the, the work because I can't be there all the time. And I would go up there periodically and give them some advice. And uh, uh, now with that new artificial field up there, it's been kind of a... a Time saver for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's outside of Payson. Yeah, yeah, 17 miles east of Payson, right there, right before you get to uh, 
Oh, what's that small little village? I can't remember. But it's Christopher seven, Creek. Yeah, Christopher Creek. Yeah. Yeah. So how big a staff do you have? Well, I have about uh, four or five full-time workers under me and then uh, a number of students. We rely quite a bit on, on student help. And uh, that's what kind of makes this uh, college groundskeeping fun is uh, these students really don't have any desire to go into groundskeeping. They're just kind of looking for a job and... and uh, you know, you have to train them at first. And to see some of them get really excited about the work that we're doing and, and, and work really hard, it's kind of brings a, brings a lot of joy, a lot of pride that, they, that they're, you know, accomplishing so much. But then they'll move on, they'll graduate, or they'll get a higher paying job, and then you get new students. So I, I've, I've had a lot of students over the years that I've gotten really close to, and it, it kind of keeps me feeling young being around all these college kids and do you get a ticket to sit in the stadium and watch a game or are you on the sidelines no every I'm, game? I'm on the sidelines yeah. every game i i don't think i could watch a football game <laughs> game from the seats i'm i'm kind of i've been spoiled over the years you know uh I think if somebody offered me free tickets to the Super Bowl, but they were up in the stands, I'd probably just say, uh, "Nah, I'm good." You know. Uh, now, <laughs> now, the one time Les Miles came to ASU, did he comment on the flavor of the grass? No, I, I really, I really like that. I get a kick out of him eating the grass. Uh, you have to be careful, though. There was a lot of uh, we put a lot of chemicals on the field, but you don't uh, use pure Dos Equis to water. No, your lawn. no, no. I like that commercial though, but. Uh, He's he's uh, I really enjoyed those commercials and uh, you know I don't I don't remember back in the day if he uh, what he com- if he commented on the that flavor of our grass he probably made more money from those Dos Equis commercial in that little short time of, that, that he got <laughs> that, that grass than he did the last three years of coaching probably, probably. Well, I, I believe that was his first year at LSU. And I don't think he had the reputation as a turf chewer right, until right. a couple of years later. So you're going to fill everybody in? What happened? I, I don't know that story. Les Miles has a habit every field he's on, bending down, and he chews on a blade of grass. Because? Just we, because? Just we don't really know. Okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe he likes that 2711 nitrogen, whatever it is. I don't know. Well, we'll talk more now about the different... Uh, Adventures this job has this led you on. This guy paints for the Super Bowl. <laughs> we'll we'll cover that. He paints for the Super Bowl. How fun is that? The answer to the question is false. Henderson William Brand did invent A1 steak sauce, but he was a cook for King George in the 1830s. A1 is the military ID of Apache Chief Sergeant William Alchusay. The name of A1 Lake along Route 260 just before you would turn off to go to Sunrise Ski Resort. The tank is full, and we're moving through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. Well, the beginning of the hour, we talked about Commodore Perry Owens, who was actually named after his grandfather, Perry Owens, who was a Commodore in the U.S. Navy. They call him the hero of Lake Erie in the War of 1812. But Commodore Perry Owens was born in 1852 in Tennessee and started his move west at age 13, eventually becoming Apache County Sheriff and was the sheriff at the time of the Graham Tewksbury's War and was the one that was dispatched to go arrest Andy after the killing of John Tewksbury. 
When he arrived at his home in Holbrook, he insisted on going alone, saying, if, it, uh, if something happens to me, so be it, but I don't want anything to happen to y'all. Stay here. Walked up to the door, said, Andy, I've got a warrant for your arrest. I'd like you to come with me. Andy made his final mistake right there by responding with uh, oh, raising his revolver and trying to shoot uh, Commodore Perry Owens, who had a rifle in his hand, ended Andy's life and two others who were in the house that tried to shoot back at him. And all four people were hit uh, and with five rounds from Commodore Perry Owens' round and walked, uh, walked back unscathed. He was remained the sheriff for two more years until his term was ended, did not seek re-election, and ended his final days running a saloon in Seligman, Arizona. I did not know that. <laughs> And pictures we found, I, I haven't been to Seligman to verify, but pictures we found online indicate a saloon is still there. Oh, I'll be darned. I did not know that. <laughs> We're joined in studio for this Arizona Hour with field manager, uh, the athletic grounds, Mr. Brian Johnson. And uh, this job at ASU has, has taken uh, you to a lot of interesting places, and when, uh, including the Super Bowl. It has. and, and does, does every uh, turf college turf manager get to go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, no, unfortunately for them not. Uh, um, you know, it, we just happened, it, it just happened to be in the right place at the right time when Super Bowl 30 came to Sun Devil Stadium. And uh, normally the NFL has their own crew uh, that they bring to every Super Bowl, and, and they did that year also. But I guess they were a little bit shorthanded, and they asked a few of us to uh, if we wanted to help out. And we said, well, sure. And then uh, I guess they liked the work that we did. And they've a uh, uh, co-worker of mine, Pete Wozniak, and, and myself, we uh, have been doing the Super Bowl ever since. So the last 23 years. Uh, so it's it's uh, I, I feel very lucky. I feel very fortunate. It, it really was the right place at the right time. But then also we were skilled enough that when we got that opportunity that they liked the work that we did and, and, and kept asking us back. Well, how do you go from turf management to turf artist? Well, uh, you know, groundskeeping is kind of a – it's like a double-edged sword. You know, you, you, you have to be concerned with the grass health. Um, that's kind of the main thing. But then you also want it to aesthetically look good on TV. That's becoming more and more important is the aesthetics of the fields. So, so when, you watch, when you watch another game, do you get like turf envy? Yeah, I don't really pay attention to the play that's going on. I'll flip stations yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll, watch a, I'll watch a horrible game between two bad teams that are playing on grass while uh, on a different station there'll be two great teams playing on an art artificial field. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I flip the stations and look for uh, things that are people are, are doing art-wise on the field because, you know, maybe there's something that we like that uh, we can bring, bring to ASU. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I watch football games very, uh, very weird. <laughs> yeah, you do. Is there, is there a field in the country that has a reputation for catching your eye? Well, you know, I, I do, uh, and I'm not just uh, saying this because you're an LSU fan, but I've, I've always liked that uh, eye of the tiger at midfield. It's just very, very creative, and it's, uh, 
you know, when you see that, you know where the game is. You know, uh, there's no mistaking that. So that's that's one thing that uh, it's just very unique in that most logos have a like a solid border trim around it. They're very, uh, you know, block letters trim around it. And for that logo to fade, uh, fade into the, you know, the grass, it, it looks really cool, I think. What what is the paint product? Well, we buy, uh, we get our paint from World Class Paints. It's actually down in Mississippi, and uh, Ewing Irrigation in town here uh, supplies that for us. They they have a deal with uh, World Class, so they stock it for us. They they have pallets of maroon and gold and white, and whenever we run out of a pallet of paint, just call them up and it's it's uh, delivered the next day. So and you're uh, applying that with a paint pot with a, with, with an airless uh, with an airless. airless machine, yeah, with hoses and airless and a, and a paint gun. And uh, you know, uh, a lot of us, you know, it's obviously obviously something that I didn't have training in. It's not like you go to uh, grass painting school or anything. Yeah. But uh, uh, you know, but it's just something that, <clears throat> fortunately, I. Uh, um, had a skill of, you know, they just literally put a paint gun in my hand when I first started and said, here, go paint. And, uh, it, it all worked out. Yeah. The paint, it's not, it's not like an exterior acrylic paint. It's gotta be. No, this, this world-class product is, uh, um, it's very grass friendly. It's, it's a special paint. It, it has a lot of the the extra fillers and chemicals that could damage grass taken out of it. So um, we can we can paint the fields and, and not really damage the grass very much. So what are some of the more famous athletes that have trod your turf art? Well, well at, at ASU, uh, you know, a favorite of mine over the years was Jake Plummer. He uh, just had that uh, just that instinct, uh, the ability to win games. And that was a really fun season. So, uh, we were doing very well and, and went to the Rose Bowl. Um, you know, I've had a number of players, not necessarily famous, that have made it big in the NFL, but I, I just really get to, I really enjoy getting to know the, uh, the ASU players and kind of hang out with them and, and just uh, uh, enjoy their enjoy their work on the field, their, their skill on the field. And then they're also very complimentary of, of us doing what we can do to make the grass better for them to play on. Well, you've seen a lot change in the footwear of the teams over the last 30 years. I have. Yeah. Yeah. They used to have these great big long metal spikes and now they're all kind of plastic molded. Uh, you know, it, it's funny you say that, like, uh, I'm sure it was maybe seven, eight years ago, they had this design one year where it was a molded spike, but the back heel, the four corners of it were so close together that when players were cutting, it was almost like they were cutting these little uh, two-inch squares in the field. And fortunately, that was just one season. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so uh, footwear uh, can be important. Just the type of activity, you know, when you have... Uh, football players when you have 22 guys out there with uh, pointed shoes uh, tearing up the grass it, it kind of kind of pains me a little running, bit but yeah. running the 40 in under six seconds weighing almost 300 pounds yeah yeah it's, uh, it's superhuman it, it is you, you know they work really hard all summer I see them working all summer long uh, conditioning and getting stronger and getting faster it's not like they show up uh, in the fall 
you know, unprepared. They've been they've been there sweating and, and working out all summer long to get stronger and to get faster. I don't know. You tell me. I've never played on artificial. I mean, in, in my day, it was all grass. There just doesn't, there seems something dirty about artificial. I know in high school football, in the summer where you're on twice a days, there's a lot of throwing up going on. There is, and, and that's, a, that's a concern. Uh, there are some chemicals that uh, hopefully schools or, or places that have artificial fields are, are on top of that because that, that is a problem with artificial fields. But, you know, my, my whole viewpoint on artificial fields, there is, a, there is a time and a place for artificial fields. A lot of schools don't have the, the, the manpower or the know-how to maintain a grass field. And so... I've commented before that if I was a high school athlete, I would rather play on an artificial field than a poorly maintained maintained grass field. Um, so, so there is a time and place. I'm always I'll always vote for grass, and and that's the way to go. But whether it's weather conditions up north that kind of prevent it, or just overuse at a high school, you know, there are there are some times and places for it, but. Uh, you do have to be concerned a little bit about the uh, the, the uh, sweating and throwing up and and all those things. Occasional blood. Now, yeah. as it relates to Arizona high school football, there's an opportunity that two Arizona quarterbacks will be heading off face to face on Sunday's game. Well, it's more than a possibility. It's uh, I, I I heard. On Is the, it confirmed? I now? heard in a drive-in today that uh, yeah, Kyle Allen, who is from here. Uh, is going to be starting for Carolina, and then uh, <clears throat> uh, Kyler Murray is the new quarterback for the Cardinals. So, um, and yeah, that should be a fun game to, to watch. One went to Saguaro, and the other went to well, Desert something. Well, you know, I think Kyler Murray. I correct me if I'm wrong. He, I think he might be from. Uh, I think he might be from Texas originally, but uh, he but played he, his high school. But he's here with the Cardinals now. So uh, it, yeah, it's a couple of young quarterbacks. They were actually teammates, I believe at Texas A&M for a year. So that'll be interesting, two former college teammates facing off against each other. And there was a time Cardinals Stadium uh, was shared at ASU. Was there ever a time, uh, did they have a different painter for that, or were you painting for both no, Cardinals and Sun Devils? Yeah, it's the same same crew, and, and that was uh, 18 years. Uh, again, not that I'm counting, but that, <laughs> those, those were 18 long years. <clears throat> uh, just... Uh, you know, a lot of football. I've, I saw a lot of football over those 18 years, and there would be, uh, you know, many times, uh, you know, three, four times a year where we'd have a, a game on Saturday night, and then we'd literally be there all night uh, repainting the field for the Cardinals and then uh, working all day Sunday and then be back to work again on Monday. And so, tell me about your family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were, yeah, they were very uh, understanding. You know, again, like I said earlier, uh, there's a lot of long hours, a lot of holidays, and I missed a lot of birthday parties. But, uh, um, you know, I, I sat down with my wife when we were dating or engaged and just said, you know, I'm, I'm going to be missing some things, uh, working holidays and weekends, but this is the job that I love, and, and, and she was very supportive of that. Is she a football fan? You know, not so much, but no. I, uh, but I, but I enjoy that about her. She's not really a big sports fan, but I, I enjoy that she's not a sports fan. Okay. Yeah. 
How about well, your boys? And and they're uh, while growing up in in Minnesota, I've kind of passed on my love of hockey to my boys. Mm, so uh, they're they're big hockey fans and uh, and not so much not so much football. But again, I'm fine with that. Tell me this, Brian. What's harder on a football field? A public event like a live concert or a football game? Well, uh, f- uh, probably the worst event is uh, we, we host a band day every year on our field, and it's like 35, 40 high school bands from early in the morning to late at night marching. And that really wears out the middle of the field. And that's kind of, uh, you know, I come in early that day and, and set up the field for them. And then I leave because if I stayed there during the day, I would probably... Take uh, all their fun away, would you? Yeah, I would be a nervous wreck. So uh, um, I'll take a football game over a band day any day. <laughs> Tuned up and rolling. It's the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Board. Arizona's second highest mountains in the White Mountains, Mount Baldy. It's one of the few stratovolcanoes in the southwest. That type of volcano is most commonly associated with the Ring of Fire in the Pacific Ocean. You can sign up for your Arizona staycation at rosieonthehouse.com slash staycation travel. Uh, We're entering right now. What are we at? The 21st. So we've already drawn for uh, Patagonia. And we're taking entries now for Kingman, Arizona. That'll be the staycation destination featured in November. Final conversation uh, segment with talking football with the fields manager for ASU Stadium, Brian Johnson. We've got, I've got to ask one thing. You mentioned earlier about how you know you mow every day, which we'll get into. I can't fathom Bermuda grass growing fast enough right now to be mowing every day, but the painting. You know, by the end of this week, you've got a new set of grass. When you were doing ASU and then the Cardinals the next day, how would you, was there like a paint stripper you would go apply to the grass or do you just paint bigger and bolder colors over the old one? We, we just painted over the old one. And one, one thing that worked out really well is both teams, the Cardinals and ASU, agreed not to have a center logo during that time. So... Um, that kind of saved the middle of the field from some of that constant painting. But in the end zones, the ASU letters back then, we had very kind of narrow letters, uh, and we always painted them gold. And then the the cardinal letters were kind of fatter uh, red letters that we would paint on top overnight. And that would cover about 80%, I would say, of the ASU letters. And then we would get a little green dye out and kind of green up the little gold that was peeking through. So uh, I take a lot of I, I'm very I take a lot of pride in the fact that we uh, you know we made that work for 18 years. We kind of uh, we were tired and we always made the effort to make that field look as good as it could for the Cardinal game the next day. You know. Uh, um, it was, it, was, it was a lot of hours, but uh, I'm happy with with everything. You know, after all those years, the Cardinals never had one complaint with the field or never, you know, they just kind of left us alone, and I, I, I took it as no news is good news. Yeah. <laughs> now, a lot of times when you're watching a football game, you see 
you know, somebody running out of bounds and they might mow over a photographer or a referee. Have you ever been mucked out by one of these guys? Um, you know, <laughs> no, I, I never have. Uh, the closest thing I could say was a, a couple years ago I was working an NFL game over in London and uh, – we were out on the field kind of fixing it up at halftime, and the kickers came out pretty early, and they started kicking, and the net wasn't up down at the other end of the field. So I kind of sprinted down to the end of the field to raise that net, and I uh, I thought I was younger than I was. <laughs> I, I, I tried to d- hurdle the uh, media, the video boards that were on at the end of the field, and I caught my leg on it, and I, I broke my elbow. Oh. Uh uh, so man, that was a that was a painful flight back <laughs> the next day uh, back here with the broken elbow. But uh, during the game, I've never uh, I've never I'm usually pretty careful. Your job gets done at ASU all football season long, and now you're traveling to do the Super Bowl every year. You just mentioned a game in London. Where else has this job taken you? Well. Uh, I'm very fortunate. I, I love to travel, and so I've been to a lot of cities with the Super Bowl. And and uh, actually, this Friday I'm leaving for London to uh, to do a game over there. So uh, we just uh, Mexico City. We're doing some games down in Mexico City. Actually, a number of years ago, it wasn't an NFL game, but there was a kind of a startup football league that had a game over in Taiwan. So I, I traveled over there to uh, to paint that field for them. So. Uh, it's really afforded me uh, the chance to get around and and experience different cultures and and uh, you, you know I I painted a, a preseason NFL game over in Dublin in Ireland and using some of the primitive equipment that they had over there was really kind of interesting and and that Taiwan trip. Uh, was very uh, very interesting in terms of rounding up supplies over there to that I needed to to work on the field. So uh, I've run the whole gamut from just primitive equipment in Taiwan to like top of the line equipment at the Super Bowl. So it's it's very very interesting. <laughs> and you're a big Bruce Springsteen fan. You got to see him in concert at one of the halftime shows. I did. I did. That was that was one of my favorite Super Bowls. Uh, you know, I've seen so many of them that sometimes they kind of all look alike. You know, the games, you know, tend to kind of look alike. But uh, that was a very, uh, I, you know, I had a little side bet with a, a, a friend of mine on that game, a, a co-worker at the Super Bowl, and I had the Cardinals. And uh, so I saw Bruce Springsteen at halftime, and it was a very enjoyable game. And then I got my head shaved at a bar after the game because I <laughs> lost the bet. So that was that was kind of a memorable night, yeah. <laughs> Well, I won't ask details about the bet, but you were sharing a funny story during the break about uh, a dream of just tackling somebody. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've always, uh, you know, every once in a while I see on TV a fan run out in the field, and I, I always wonder how they could get so far out there and and avoid all the security. And then last season, uh, my dream came true. This guy ran on the field right in front of me, and uh, nobody was going after him. So I, I went out there and and tackled him and picked him up by the collar and shoved him off the field. So I, uh, you know, Hopefully it made, it me, wasn't made a me feel good. No, no. <laughs> uh-uh, I might have thought twice if that was the case. Brian Johnson, the field manager at ASU. Thanks for spending Saturday morning with us. Game time tonight, 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock, 7.10. Uh, be there. <laughs>